We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Dynasty Ranks and the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is the Prospect Pod. Hope you'll join us. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Brought to you by WinBet. Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. Great to be with you. If you're listening to the podcast through your normal channels or if you're with us on the live stream, appreciate it. James, bad time in baseball right now. Ugly day yesterday, but you're staying busy. That's that's the way to go when things aren't the best. Just keep your, your head down, your nose to the grindstone. You're... You updated the dynasty ranks. You got multiple drafts going right now, and you got AL Labor coming up on Friday. So, uh, how are you doing today on this Wednesday? Considering, uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not really surprised by uh, any of the labor issues that are going on, and uh, I'm kind of uh, you know just generally a pessimist, and um, so I'm I've kind of expected all this to happen, but I'm not going to let the baseball owners uh ruin my favorite hobby and that's a good uh, way to think of it i'm yeah like you said midway through two of my favorite drafts of the year the tgfbi slow draft and the tout wars draft and hold slow draft and prepping for uh what'll be uh probably my biggest test of the off season the the ale labor auction um so Really busy week and a fun week. Uh, everything, everything considered. Yeah, considering. Yeah, I'm trying to stay positive, and yeah, I'm excited to talk about labor. You, of course, stepping into the AL this year, first time in labor, and I'm excited to talk with you about what you do, and excited to see what you do. I know we talked about one player in particular that you're going to build your entire strategy around. <laughs> I'm excited to see if you actually do that and how you you follow it up. Uh, and I think on you told me on Saturday we're going to have a couple of your league mates from that league, right, on the XM show, Colette and Brett Sayer. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, we usually have Brett on a, a couple times a year, and uh, we are going to be back to having Jason on every Saturday. So yeah, that should be fun to kind of see how things went. I um, obviously have a lot of plans in place, but I assume that a lot of those plans will go up in smoke. So we'll, we'll see how everything unfolds. Yeah. You got a plan, but then in the first couple of minutes of that, that auction seller cap draft, you're going to get punched in the mouth. 
and then all the plans go out the window. Not literally, but figuratively. James, I mentioned, too, that you updated the dynasty rankings for the site, your top 400 prospect rankings, of course, separate. These are dynasty rankings, and they're for OBP leagues. That's a important distinction that you have to, to take into account, and you note it right away in your dynasty rankings update article, which was a brief little introduction to this latest update. I found it interesting that even though these are OBP, Kevin Biggio couldn't couldn't hang on to a spot. Quite an indictment. Kevin well, I mean, he he didn't uh, lose a spot. He didn't have a spot to begin <laughs> okay. with. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just clarifying. don't. I just don't think he's good. And uh, I think that you know there there'll be probably some playing time for him early in the year. But um, I would just much rather use a spot in that 400 to promote a player who I think is good. And so um, he, he did not factor in. Alec Bohm also not on the, the dynasty ranks. So, but that's, you know, that, that actually is a, it, the reason I mentioned those guys is like, I don't think those guys are good, uh, but, but you're lower than like, the, the consensus. If you think they're good, uh, there's nothing wrong with valuing them over uh plenty of the guys that I have in that 300 to 400 range, you know, like I, I could definitely be wrong about one or both of those guys. So uh, I'm not trying to make these rankings some sort of industry consensus or some sort of like industry uh, acceptable trade barometer type of thing. Like these are guys that I value and I tried to show that in, in the rankings and you can kind of do with that what you will. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Rotowire.com slash try. If you want to check out, 10 days on us. You can see all of James's work and go through the archives, check out James's past articles, his prospect rankings and these dynasty rankings again for OBP leagues, any other, you know, caveats you want to mention for people who may be unfamiliar with these uh, and maybe, you know, give some tips on how to, how to best use them. Uh, well, you, you gotta sync. Uh, you gotta use the, my leagues feature. Um, I know that, you know, every week it seems like there's, you know, a subscriber who kind of discovers the My Leagues feature for the first time. And uh, it's a it's a total game changer. Um, you can sync up your league and uh, see which of these guys are, are available. You can see where the guys on your roster rank. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the first thing you should do. Uh, obviously, if you're a contending team, um you know, you can feel free to value guys like uh, Charlie Blackman or like a Nick Pavetta, Rich Hill, you know, someone who could help you this year, but realistically won't be helping you much longer than that. Um, or at least just doesn't have like any kind of a upside to be a prize commodity. But I mean, if you're contending this year, uh, you can value guys like that over some of the prospects that I have kind of in the back 100 spots. And then conversely, like if you're rebuilding, uh, you can use the cool filters on the, on that page. Um, you can click the, the green add a filter button and you can make it so that it only shows you players who are like 28 and younger or 30 and younger or something like that. And you can just kind of exclude uh, those older guys that uh, just don't really fit into your uh, contention cycle. And then once you've kind of exhausted the the top 400 dynasty rankings, if you're a rebuilder, you should just head over to the top 400 prospect rankings and kind of go from there. Uh, I tried to really include as many 
young non prospects as I felt were relevant on these rankings. Like there just there aren't a ton of young non prospects that I think you should be worried about as a rebuilder um, who didn't make that cut. So just go right right over to those prospect rankings and. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's or like you said, it, these are for OBP leagues. The prospect rankings are for batting average leagues. So uh, try to give people a little bit of both there. So that that kind of explains why you might see a different ordering on the prospect rankings versus the, the diocese rankings. Uh, these are also for a league where roughly 30 catchers are started. Uh, the prospect rankings are for leagues where roughly 20 catchers are started. Uh, that doesn't change a ton, but... Uh, it does bump up um, some of the catchers a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, that's all stuff that you should kind of keep in mind. But um, and, and then again, like these are not meant to be used um, as like a very rigid uh, set of rankings where you just look at the guy who's a couple spots ahead of a guy that you have and you send out a trade offer just because of where I have these guys on the rankings. Um it's a, it's a loose kind of um, collection of players. Like there are tiers within here. You shouldn't, you should trust yourself a little bit. I mean, if you, if you like a guy higher than I have him, um, you know, I think you should value uh, your own uh, take on these guys. Um, so uh, I think that pretty much covers uh, how I would go about using these. Uh, that's really helpful. Thank you for explaining all that and really great work. I know you put a ton of time into these and yeah, our tech crew knocked it out of the park with that. My leagues feature. We don't talk about it enough, but absolutely import your leagues. It's super easy. We have pretty much every, you know, the commission service in there. You can easily import and, you know, kind of have like live cheat sheets as you're doing a draft. It's, it's pretty amazing. So definitely do that. And, uh, yeah, they're really good stuff here. Also, you mentioned these are for, well, we both did uh, several times that these are for OBP leagues, but we do have the show average league arrows icons. You can get a rough idea of guys whose value increases, decrease, decreases moving to batting average leagues from OBP. Work the filters that you mentioned with that green button, and yeah, use some common sense based on where you're at in your competitive window in your dynasty leagues. These are really helpful, James. Again, rotowire.com slash try to check them out for yourself. TGFBI also up and running. How far are you guys? Are you you uh, nine rounds deep? How many picks have you made? Uh, I've made nine picks, yeah. I just made my ninth right before we started this show, and I actually went with a fifth straight hitter. or I'm sorry, a fifth straight pitcher after starting with uh, four straight hitters, Bo Bichette, Jordan Alvarez, Whit Merrifield and Eloy. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted uh, your guy, Ahmed Rosario, but he went a couple spots before me. So, you know, Boz, Shane Boz, I'll happily roster. How did you start your TGFBI draft? Uh, I went Trey Turner at first overall, and then uh, Josh Hader and Whit Merrifield at the 2 3 turn. So, picks 30 and 31. Uh, my kind of dream realistic scenario was to go hater Tim Anderson there, but Anderson went, um, you know, Merrifield kind of similar to Anderson. I, I like Anderson uh, more uh, because I think he's going to 
hit for a higher average, hit for more power, um, probably score more runs. Um, and I just, I don't see any sort of risk of him kind of falling off. I mean, Merrifield's, uh, you know, older than I would typically like a player of that ilk to be that I'm taking that high in a draft. But uh, I really, um, I, I found it appealing to lock up uh, as much speed as I could. And um, those two guys, I mean, that's that's 60 steals pretty pretty safely if Turner and Merrifield stay healthy. So that's a, that's a nice building block there. I like the way you did that. And I kind of took a similar approach in terms of building speed early. I went Bo Bichette, and then I went Merrifield as well in the third. Jordan in the uh, second, as I mentioned. You know, uh, Jason Collette, his Need for Speed article that went on the site, I think, last week. I mean, I, I already had this in mind to prioritize speed, but he makes some good points that, pretty much a third of all the projected steals in the pool. Granted, those are projected and more will come into the pool in time, but about a third are gone by pick 100, two thirds by, or I guess 50% by pick 200. And I don't want those one trick ponies like Whitmerfield or like uh, Whitmerfield's not a one trick pony, like, uh, like Mondesi or Miles Straw. So I want to build those up incrementally. I thought I did that pretty well early but now i'm once again kind of left scrambling because i i got my steals with bobachette and whit merrifield thought i was doing pretty well but here we are you know six rounds later and i gotta figure something out to build and add to that base um i was hoping to get ahmed rosario as i said you did get him and you've kind of been pumping that train i heard you on mlb or not on mlb network radio but sirius xm fantasy sports radio with jeff erickson this week Seems like you're ending up with Rosario on a lot of teams. Uh, well, not not as many as I'd like, but I mean, he is a a prime target for me. Uh, I you know I haven't gotten Dansby Swanson or Ahmed Rosario on as many teams as I like. I think I've gotten both those guys a, a couple times, but um, yeah, I mean Rosario is uh, a guy who kind of does a little bit of everything and he's not going to give you 30 steals, but he will give you 15 steals, maybe even 20 steals. And he's not going to hurt your batting average, or at least I don't think he's going to hurt your batting average. He might even help it a little bit. I think he's going to probably hit in the top three spots of that lineup, maybe second in that lineup uh, for most or all the season, which it's, it's not a good lineup, but I mean, you'll still take that. Um, He's going to probably hit, 10 to 15 homers. So um, there just aren't many guys, you know, after the like Jorge Polanco, Jonathan India, uh, Tommy Edmond types go, um, there just aren't many guys who are going to get you double digit homers, double digit steals, maybe push past 15 steals while helping your batting average. He's kind of the last of that, that group. I mean, I think Colton Wong probably qualifies there as well, but, uh, Rosario, I think, probably hits for a better average than Wong. Um, and shortstop, you know, once once you get past Rosario, shortstop really dries up. Like, I, I actually didn't re- realize this till like my fifth or sixth draft of the offseason, but and it's it's usually because I'm, I'm always pounding shortstop in those early rounds because that's where you're getting that really good speed. Uh, most of the time is from a shortstop or second baseman or an outfielder, but 
if you wait on shortstop for whatever reason and you uh, miss on like Swanson or Rosario uh, or even, you know, Cronenworth or Chris Taylor, like if you somehow miss on those guys, maybe even you're talking about your like middle infielder, um, they're just, you know, Gene Segura, um, Colton Wong, those are kind of like the last middle infielders that are going to give you uh, double-digit homers, double-digit steals. So uh, it dries up in a hurry. And um, my league hadn't been pushing speed as much as like a typical um, NFBC league. So I, you know, I maybe like reached on uh, Jazz Chisholm at, pick 61 because I did have the option then on the way back at pick 90 Tommy Edmond was still there which I did not really expect and if I had expected that I probably wouldn't have taken Jazz at 61 um, but it's just really appealing to me uh, to get as much speed as I think I'm going to need in the first you know eight nine ten rounds because there's just nothing worse than knowing you don't have enough speed after like round 10 and you're just, you start taking guys that you would normally not take. Um, you start, you know, gambling on prospects kind of in those late to mid rounds. Cause you're just like, I know I don't have enough speed. I need to, to hit on one of these guys. Uh, if you can get that speed in those first eight to 10 rounds, um, it's just so much more relaxing and you can go after those, there's just so many nice hitters to go after um, in the 200s that are going to help you in like three to four categories, but aren't going to help you in speed. Um, so it's just the more drafts I've done this offseason, uh, the more that, yeah, stolen bases. I mean, we, we talk about saves a lot, but uh, stolen bases on the offensive side, you just you have to get those in those first 10 rounds. I'm with you. I think that's going to be the, the foundation that, that mindset of all my drafts, just getting those early now points leagues, uh, head to head. You can pretty much throw steals out the window in my opinion, but in yeah. a Roto league, especially one with an overall component, you have to build up some steals. And so, yeah, I want to get those early and, you know, even in a standalone Roto league, I don't want to punt a category. I don't want to put myself at a disadvantage and have to, you know, climb uphill all season, but um, you can, you know, de-emphasize steals a little bit in a standalone league. TGFBI, of course, does have the overall component. I'm going to have to build to my base. Right now, i got guys like Colton Wong in my queue, Avisil Garcia. I like Josh Rojas, too. You didn't mention him with the double-digit homers and steals guys in the middle infield. Maybe not a uh, – or maybe you did. I, I no, I, I didn't. I mean, he actually is – I uh, yeah, I didn't mention him. I didn't uh, – Go that He's a little down. lower down, but he know. is like kind of, um, you know, I think like there's some sort of similarities almost with like Rojas and uh, very like different types of fantasy production. But like I, I like Miles Straw. Like I would, I would take Miles Straw if I needed uh, a guy that was going to give me 25, 30 steals. But there's only one Miles Straw, and there's also kind of only one Josh Rojas in terms of a guy that's going as late as he's going, who yeah. can help you. So it's like, you can't, too. yeah, you can't like be like, well, I'll just get Rojas later or I'll just get straw later because yeah, there's exactly. only one. And then when you don't get that guy, then it's like, Oh crap. Well now am I taking Andres Menes now? Um, so it's just, I kind of like to do it before then because 
there's only that one shot. And if Milestraw is there for you and it, it makes sense, then I'm, I'm happy to do it. If, if Rojas is there and it makes sense, I'm always happy to do it. But I also don't want to be in a position where I'm like reaching for Josh Rojas at yeah. pick 165 or something. Yeah, he's like uh, the last of the, he's the last of a dying breed there in the late one hundreds and people push him up. Right. Yeah. That's, I might be the, that guy <laughs> this time, but um, I got some speed early than I went away, but I think in future drafts, like with my fourth round pick, I was happy to land Eloy, but I kind of regretting that now. Cause I kind of wish I'd added more speed to the base. And I, apparently I set the min on, um, NTGFBI, the men on Eloy Jimenez at 56. He went as late as 88. That, according to John Anderson on Twitter, give him a follow right now, by the way. Um, but yeah, do you think I maybe made a misstep there and going Eloy at 56? Uh, I love Eloy, but um, do you think I maybe w- should have gone a different route with that fourth round pick? Yeah, I mean, Eloy is a great, uh, a great example of a player where the format really, really matters. Um, I, you know, I, we're talking about TGFBI, so I'm, I'm sure most people listening are at least aware of TGFBI or are playing in TGFBI, but um, in a, in a TGFBI league, I, I wouldn't take Eloy. I mean, I wouldn't take a bunch of guys like him. Um, it's just with that overall component, um, you know, I know that he's great. I mean, I, I know some people are actually kind of down on Eloy and, I think he's really? overrated. Someone someone commented in my dynasty rankings that they think I'm way too high on Eloy, uh, which is which is fine. But like, if I was in a points league or even a standalone league, especially a batting average standalone league, or um, you know, some like a dynasty league, a keeper league, um, Eloy is just a, a prime target, a guy that I'm probably trying to trade for this off season. Uh, but in a league with an overall component like TGFBI or the main event or the online championship, uh, I just really have no interest in taking someone who's not going to give me stolen bases where he's going. So I, I would have taken either a closer or a speed guy where you took him. But uh, I mean, he's he's definitely good. I mean, he's gonna he's, he's gonna like he's gonna help you. Uh, it just kind of. That's you know, exactly exactly, exactly how you laid it out. Like I, I would rather take Jazz Chisholm than Eloy in a mm-hmm. league with an overall component because of the specific production that I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, great guy, but he doesn't help you corner those super scarce categories. So I kind of do wish I'd gone a different route in the fourth. But we will talk more about TGFBI. We'll talk about James's Tout Wars Draft and Hold League. And then we'll circle back with some more prospect talk here. So stay with us. We'll be back after the break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And we are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. Clay Link here with James Anderson, lead prospect analyst at Rotowire.com. And we we're talking about our Draft so far in the great fantasy baseball invitational. Each of us have made nine picks. I mentioned, James, that I took Eloy in the fourth and set the min on him. My next pick, I guess I set the max, the latest he's gone in any TGFBI draft, on Freddie Peralta. Of course, you're a Brewers guy, but I looked at your dynasty ranks, 68 for Peralta. Seemed to me maybe a little low given you know he's only 25 years old, but... Uh, I just couldn't let him fall any further, but at the same time, I uh, I do feel a little bit, a little shaky about him heading up the staff. Do you have concerns about Peralta? Or are you ending up with him anywhere? Uh, no, I I don't I don't really take. Uh, it's like I've just done so many drafts. Like I know exactly where I'm taking which positions and I'm just not taking starting pitching where Freddie goes. Uh, like I'm, I'm taking closers there. I'm taking speed guys there. I'm just not taking starting pitching there. I'll, I'll take a, I'll take an ACE in round one or two. I'll maybe take uh, Sandy or Giolito in round three. But if I don't get like once Giolito is gone, I'm not looking at pitching again until, around you know pick 80 pick 90 um so it's just it's kind of where freddie goes that i'm just uh kind of hands off because i i don't think freddie is a clear clearly better than your next two starting pitchers like dylan cease alec manoa your sp2 your sp3 like i could easily see one or both those guys having as good or a better year than freddie so i it's it's all about where he's going like i i think he's great uh but i just think like there's just this huge tier of starting pitchers and you know for whatever reason freddie is getting picked up near the the very top of that tier and i just think that the guys you can get 20 30 picks later are just as good i hear you yeah i i don't love dipping my toes into this grouping here i i missed on giolito by a couple picks but that's what happens when you start four straight hitters you gotta get in that pool eventually um I I kind of wish I'd maybe gone like with Musgrove or even Barrios over Peralta. Do you take either of those guys over Freddie? No, no, no I wouldn't. Okay. Um, You're not uh, real high on either of those guys. Uh, I mean, you know, they're they're fine. Um, I mean, I would have like who I would have I would have probably taken either a speed guy or a closer where you took Freddie. I hear you. I was happy to get Kenley Jansen in between Peralta and Cease. Don't know where he's going to sign, but you know he's going to be given some assurances wherever he signs that he's going to be the guy. 
I would assume anyway that you know after the career he's built up, he's not going to sign somewhere to set up. And Cease, you know, I just felt like I had to build the strikeouts. The ratios do concern me a little bit. And then I got Alec Manoa in the eighth. You got him in what the sixth? So I was definitely lucky, lucked out on our guy Alec Manoa. So what number was that in the eighth? Uh, let's you- see here. That's just wild to me. I thought I was getting a steal. I, I got Manoa pick 90. Yeah, I got him with the 10th pick of the 8th. Or I, know, I guess the 11th pick of the 8th. So late 8th round, it seems that's, pretty crazy. That's outside, on Manoa. that's outside the top 100. Yeah, so the guys like Verlander, Montas, Luis Castillo, Gallon ahead of Manoa. I mean, I don't hate Gallon. Um, and then on the way back, I did take Shane Boz. I considered Cabrian Hayes, who went right after... Uh, looking for maybe some steals from third base, but going to have to get back into the uh, hitting pool here very soon. You took uh, Charlie Morton. seems like you're ending up with a ton of Morton, and I think we talked about this maybe just last week, but uh, it does seem like he's just kind of a guy who floats in the wind and is always there at a reasonable cost. Yeah, my, my toughest call uh, of the draft probably was – uh, I was up at pick 91. I had just taken Alec Manoa. Um, and I was between Charlie Morton and Trevor Rogers. And I honestly flip a coin on those two. I, I ended up going with Morton just because I think he's probably a better bet to get double digit wins. But I love Morton. I love Rogers uh, with this specific build where I went with Josh Hader and Edwin Diaz as my first two pitchers happy to have either Morton or Rogers as my SP two there. But um, yeah, I mean, Morton, he's just really, really good. Uh, doesn't get treated like an ace, but you know, he's basically a top 15 starter on a per inning basis. Yeah. He's pitched like an ace and really had a great year last year. Just kind of, even though they won the world series and, you know, he got hurt during the world series and that kind of plays a big part of it. Just not knowing, exactly his health it was a leg injury uh so i i'm really not that concerned about his arm even at an advanced age i think morton should be should be okay uh yeah james let's move on and talk a little bit about your draft and hold league unless you have anything else to add about uh tgfbi um no by the way how much money do you have set aside for manoa and labor do you got a 20 spot reserved Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> probably got a twenty spot. We'll yeah, we'll see. You're probably we'll playing see. on a twenty spot. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to seeing what you do there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I see you. Your latest pick was Luis Garcia of Houston. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I love Garcia. Um, again, that was another spot. I was kind of between Luis Garcia and Zach Gallon there. Um, actually, I mean, I. I thought about actually grabbing a third closer there. Corey Knable was there. I thought that that was way too uh, late for him, um, and I didn't want my league mates to get that value. But um, I, I kind of rolled the dice to see if Knable would come back. I, I thought about just going three closers because if you're trying to win the overall, um, like I, I gives think you I had a- all one thousand of Fab to play with elsewhere. Right, much. right, and I like could maybe lead all of TGFBI and saves maybe with Hader, Diaz, and Knable. And then I think I've got the type of roster that could be 
near the top and stolen bases. So uh, if you're if you're loaded at steals and saves, and then you draft well and you work the wire well, and maybe stay more active than some of your league mates as we get into the the dog days of summer, um, that could that could maybe be a recipe for for winning the overall. But uh, it didn't want to get too cute there. I mean, Luis Garcia, I think, is a total stud. Um, maybe another guy I'll be saving some cash for in, in AL labor. Um, and then again, like with late with Garcia versus gallon, I, I felt like Garcia had the higher ceiling, uh, because of the wins factor with Houston versus Arizona. Yeah, I think that's definitely the right call there. Now, James, the draft and hold tout wars league you're doing, I know you've been in it for a few years. What kind of format is this aside from draft and hold, obviously? Well, yeah, 50-round draft and hold, but the big difference is OBP uh, instead of batting average. Uh, believe that's the case for all the Tout Wars leagues. Um, so yeah, the fact that it's OBP, yeah, the fact that it's OBP instead of batting average and the fact that there is no overall component uh, really shifted sort of my strategy and valuations uh, pretty drastically compared to a league like TGFBI where – it's batting average and you're I mean you're not you're not playing TGFBI to to try to win your league or try to win the overall, right? Yeah. So um in tout, I'm just trying to win the league and obviously uh that kind of leads to a, a different strategy. Yeah, so with your first pick, one six OBP league, you took Bryce Harper. I love the pick. Was anybody else really in the the mix for you there, or was that like an insta click? Uh, my my top three available there were Harper, Otani, and Vlad Guerrero. Uh, but I would rather take an outfielder than a first baseman there. Uh, lots of first baseman I like later in the draft. And I'd rather take an outfielder than a util-only guy there. And Harper is going to have stolen base edge on Vlad, so um, – Harper, I, I'm honestly really thankful that Fred Zinke took Trey Turner ahead of me because I would have probably taken Harper ahead of Turner, and I just didn't want to have to explain why to people. So um. <laughs> that, that plays into my decision making process sometimes too. Like I would have, I would have done it. I don't want it to just be really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there, man. Bryce Harper and OBP is such a stud. And this is something I've talked about like with Todd on MLB network radio, but I think you're right about addressing outfield early. It's something I've been wanting to do. And that did play into my Eloy decision in TGFBI. I think that there's an edge to be gained by, by loading up early in the outfield and avoiding a lot of those platoon bats that just lose out on plate appearances. Then you're left trying to look up uh, and make up ground elsewhere. I think, uh, I've been prioritizing outfield and I may end up moving with Merrifield to the outfield. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't say that I'm prioritizing outfield over everything, but I, if it's, I wouldn't outfield, say that either, but, yeah. if it's outfield versus first base, then yeah. I'm going to take an outfielder. Uh, I would take a shortstop, second base, third base catcher, like all things being equal. I'd rather fill those spots than outfield um, because there is like, I, you definitely don't want to get to like pick 
275 and still need one of your starting outfielders because then it, it's really dry at that point. Yeah. Uh, and you are choosing between platoon bets. But uh, the outfielders, like, I'll, I'll sometimes have a draft where I'll take four straight outfielders from pick, like, 180 to pick 230 because I just – I love that range. Uh, you're still getting starting outfielders. You're still getting outfielders who are going to hit top four in their lineup – everyday guys in that range they're just you know for whatever reason they're not um as sexy as some of the guys that go ahead of them but uh yeah i mean harper versus vlad really really close to me and and i would rather take an outfielder in that scenario i hear you i'm about in that range well not quite in like the 180s but looking at the outfielders who may be available come that time it's you know i see some names i like but yeah, I don't want to have five of these guys. Well, like, like I can, I'll, I'll list off a few just because I'm sure people are like, well, who are you talking about? Um, I do like Conforto in that range. But... Yeah, like Conforto, Benintendi, Kike uh, Hernandez, Marcelo Zuna, Jorge Soler, Alex Kirloff, Jesus Sanchez. Like that, that run of seven guys, like you're getting three plus category production from all of them. Um, in some cases, you might be getting four category production. Like you're, you're getting, like with Ozuna and Soler and Kirilov, like those guys could all hit 30 plus homers. Um, everyday guys hitting top four in their lineup, like I said, like in most of those cases. So uh, if, I, if I end up with three or four of those seven, uh, I'm really happy about that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I differ from you a little bit there and still don't see a ton of speed in that grouping, but, you know, Conforto and, yeah, Ozuna. I think he's right now kind of a priority. I just added him to my queue. Thanks for reminding me. Um, because he's not going to be facing any criminal charges. Even his misdemeanors were dropped. Um, no, they, and, uh, they want him back. They've made it clear that he'll be back. And he, he killed it in the Dominican Winter League. Um, and that's just uh, – it's a really nice setup. Uh, but he might be hitting maybe fifth right behind Riley. Maybe, yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, the only one in that range you might get speed from is Ben Intendi. But I mean, like we, like I just said, I, if I've done my draft correctly, I've got my speed at that point. Well put. Well, we'll bring you a quick word from our sponsors. Take care of a little business, then we'll wrap things up today with more Tout Wars talk and also a little prospect talk. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register WinBet today, make a qualifying deposit, and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes. 
that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Number one, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. And finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So, James, you followed up Bryce Harper with Zach Wheeler. Kind of interesting. I didn't know you were really in on the, the Wheeler train this year. But then uh, Will Smith of the Dodgers in the third. And then JT Realmuto hammering two high-end catchers early. That's an interesting strategy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Wheeler, I think this is actually my, my third share of Wheeler. Uh, it's between him and Woodruff for SP3 to me. Um, I could go either way there. I'd probably want to have a similar exposure to, to Wheeler and Woodruff if possible, but uh, Wheeler was the seventh starter to go here. Uh, it went Cole, Burns, Bieber, Woodruff, Bueller, Scherzer, and then I took Wheeler. And then DeGrom and Alcantara went with the next two picks. Uh, that actually, because um, you know how we do like Tout Wars, you get to pick your draft slot based on the order of finish from the prior season. Uh, I finished third, and but Fred Zinke joined the league and he won, I think it was maybe NL uh, Tout the prior year. So I had the fourth selection and I chose the sixth slot because I knew I was going to get um, one of my preferred elite hitters and I thought I could still get one of those aces. Um, I was either, I was hoping either Aaron judge, Manny Machado or Woodruff or Wheeler would fall there. And so that act that ended up working perfectly. Cause I know Zinke said on yesterday's pod, he would have taken Wheeler uh, over to Grom there. So uh, that the first two rounds went, pretty textbook uh, to according to plan. Then in the third round, um, all of my favorite closers had gone. Uh, I thought long and hard about Ryan Presley, uh, friend of the show, Rob DiPietro uh, has been uh, pushing this Hector Neris possible uh, closer thing. And it's, it's been, uh, I don't buy it, but I also don't think it's a 0% chance. And I've got, I think, two shares of Presley already. And I just, you know, it was really tough. It, it was between Presley. And then I was like, I really wanted either JT Romuto or Will Smith there. And uh, I just think those two guys are Will Smith's an, an OBP god. Um, like if you, yeah, if you look at just insane, like, if you look at like, uh, the bad X, um, in the auction calculator, uh, I think Will Smith is just as valuable as Raphael Devers in, uh, this format. Wow. Um, I obviously, I know people don't want to pay full, full projection price on a catcher. Uh, but I'm, I'm okay doing this. I mean, I think one of the fun things about this league, and I, and I think Fred mentioned this um, on one of the pods with Jeff, is there is no ADP for this format, right? There, there's no OBP draft and hold ADP. Like you can look at the NFBC ADP, uh, but it's a it's a different ball game. And I think if you had that 
level of, of ADP for an OBP league like this, I think Will Smith would be a, a third round pick uh, and arguably the, the top catcher in that format. Um, I just, I think he's as rock solid as they come. And uh, it was between him and JT Romuto if I was going to go with a hitter there. And so when Romuto was there on the way back, uh, it was a pretty easy call to, to go with him. I might not take another catcher the rest of the draft. Uh, it's a 50-rounder. Um, I've, I've ended up with two top four catchers and a few other drafts this year. And in most of those, I haven't taken a third catcher just because, um, you know, if if one of those guys misses 20 games, so be it. I'll still have the best catcher production in the league. If one of those guys misses 50 games, then I'm kind of screwed either way. Um and so part of the point. part of the appeal there is just like I don't have to worry about using my thirty fifth round pick on Manny Pena. Um, I can just be pounding pitching uh, in those rounds, and I think that that OBP base of having Bryce Harper and then Will Smith and JT Romuto as my starting catchers, like that, just gives me such a leg up from an OBP standpoint. Uh, and with Harper and Romuto. Uh, definitely not part of the thinking to have a, a mini Philly stack. Um, but I, but I am getting about, you know, maybe 30 steals, 28 steals out of those two guys. So, um, definitely wasn't the plan to end up with catchers in round three and round four, but I was planning on getting, uh, two of Smith, Real Muto, Grandal, and Varsho. And so just getting those two in rounds three and four was, was fine. Um, was surprised that Rio Muto made it back, but uh, totally happy with that. Yeah. The scarcity bump, those two guys getting a 15 team two catcher league, Will Smith and Rio Muto. That gives you a pretty big leg up. I love that. The strategy to attack there and uh, yeah, good team. You mentioned you passed on Presley. So I'm assuming you're going to be prioritizing closers, Still, I mean, draft and hold, uh, you don't want to be taking like 13 setup men, I assume, is, is your thinking. Yeah, I can tell you right now, um, the top two guys in my queue for the fifth round are Both Kenley closers. Jansen and Jordan Romano. Um, yeah. You've got Presley went right after me to Vlad Sedler. Uh, in the third round, and then Geraldus Chapman and Will Smith have already gone in the fourth. Uh, I could have taken Kenley there, but um, teams one, two, three, and four all have at least one closer, and so I'm kind of thinking that uh, one of Kenley or Romano will be there in the fifth. Um, you know, if they're if they're not, it's it's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. And again, part of the difference between this tout league, uh, which is standalone, and TGFBI, where two of my first four picks were closers, is like I I'm okay if I can finish like seventh, eighth, ninth in the league in saves. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want to I'm not going to punt the category. Like if I have to reach on like Knable or Melanson or whatever um, in a couple rounds, that's that's fine. Uh, but I also, you know, I, I'm more interested in trying to like lock up those four 
uh, non-speed hitting stats to, to the best of my abilities and just do my best with saves with this being a standalone league. Um, I would not approach it quite this way if there was no overall prize. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, good luck the rest of the way. I can't wait to uh, talk with you on Farm Friday. Please join us on SiriusXM if you if you get a chance this Friday. And then, as I said earlier, Saturday will be our AL Labor recap show with uh, you yourself, Jason Collette, and Brett Sayer. That'll be a lot of fun. James, as we wrap things up today, there were a few prospect ranking updates that you uh, noted here in our outline. Cody Morris, Caleb Killian, both on their way up. Anything? Uh, we talked about Cody Morris last week, but do you want to mention anything regarding those two? Yeah, I mean, so I, I wasn't planning on doing a prospect update uh, for the rankings until um, you know close to opening day. But since I did update the dynasty rankings – and I had written a bunch of outlooks since the last update to the prospect rankings. I did move some guys around, uh, you know, Cody Morris, Caleb Killian. They have outlooks now on the site. Uh, everyone in the top 100 does. Uh, everyone with like an ADP inside the top 600 of NFPC does. Um, and so, you know, I'd recommend checking those out. But, you know, basically Killian – when I look at him and kind of where his ETA is, uh, to me, I, I wanted to push him past. Um, I wanted to push him past the guys like Daniel Spino, Uri Perez, Taj Bradley, Kyle Harrison, like those sort of aces and waiting uh, who aren't going to be up this year, but they'll probably be up the, the following year if they stay healthy. Just because I think Killian's Killian's upside is not to be. Uh, underrated um he's he's got a really high ceiling uh just based on his stuff his size his strike throwing ability and he's he's probably going to be up this summer um so i bumped killian up inside the top 75 bumped cody morris up inside the top 50 uh to kind of correlate with where those guys were slotted on the the obp rankings or on the the dynasty rankings very nice. Yeah. And then Josh Young was a faller. We had a question about him in the chat regarding his, you know, dynasty value. And obviously it takes a hit because proximity needs to be weighed heavily. And now he's looking like he's going to miss the entire year. So tough break for Josh Young there in Texas. How far yeah, did he I mean, uh, fall on your rankings? Uh, right now he's at 13 uh, behind uh, Tristan Casas and O'Neill Cruz, just ahead of Brian Rocio and Josh Lowe. Uh, you know, I'm still kind of not sure exactly where, where I want to put him um, somewhere in that, that 10 to 20 range. And, you know, it, it sucks. Like life's not fair. Uh, if you had Josh Young and you thought he was the seventh best prospect as I did uh, before the injury, it's not fun to be like, okay, now he's not anymore, but that's the reality. Like part of the reason why he was ranked where he was right. is because he was going to help you this year. Um, and he's not going to help you this year anymore. So that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Take away the proximity and then you lose the development time and who knows how he's going to do coming off the injury. So yeah, a lot of more questions there with Josh Young, uh, unfortunate injury to a really good prospect. And then Matt Allen, what was behind his move down? Oh man, this one sucks. Um, but he, uh, he had a second surgery on his right elbow in January. Uh, he was on his way back from Tommy John surgery, which he had in May of last year. So, you know, the, the hope was that he was going to return to game action and like 
June or July of this year, maybe. Uh, it's just it's never good when guys coming back from anything like that have have to have a second surgery. Uh, like whenever a Tommy John guy doesn't have that normal sort of back in 16 months type of trajectory, it's just it means something went wrong and it's bad. Uh, Tommy John's not a 100% success rate. It's like an 80 to 85% success rate. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not good. Um, he might be able, like, I see we have a note up from a couple days ago saying he might be able to return to minor league action by the end of the season. To me, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like that's just, that's just spin from the team. Um, I'd be shocked if he pitched in games this season. Uh, so I moved yeah, him it's up. It's like the team month. giving him a carrot at the end of a stick. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, giving him something to work for. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he's pitching in like the Arizona fall league or something like that, but I, I wouldn't don't read that note and be like, Oh, okay. Uh, like it's, it's all good. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not good. Uh, yeah, which that's sucks because he, he's awesome. Yeah, that's, you hate to see that. Definitely check out James's prospect rankings, his dynasty rankings as well. James, on the outlook or on the uh, outline, rather, you had ceiling questions rant. So I'm just going to give you, <laughs> turn it over to you over the rest of the show and just uh, let you say whatever needs to be said in that regard. Yeah, you know, I just, I get, uh, there's, some questions that I just that are really annoying to me, and it's not it's not a shot at anyone who asks these questions because I totally get it. Um, I have I have factored in what I think each player's realistic ceiling is into where they're ranked on the top four hundred. And like question I get all the time is just like, can you just rank these guys just based on ceiling? Um, and it's just like you. Like you'd never considered. Am I ranking these guys based on their 99th percentile outcome? Because that's be just craziness. really insane. And yeah. everyone that I have ranked in the top 20 has an incredibly high ceiling. Um, you know, everyone I have ranked in the top 50 has an incredibly high, like best case scenario outcome, right? Like just, you know, if you're, if you're, are you just asking who has the best combination of power, raw power and speed? Like, I, I feel like that's what a lot of people are asking when they ask that question. Um, but like Nick York, I think people think Nick York is this guy with, like, he's just kind of a high floor guy, right? Like, no, he's, he's got a ridiculously high ceiling. Um, like, do you remember when Anthony Rendon won the MVP? Uh like that, that could be Nick York uh, six years from now. Um, like it, it doesn't need to be power, speed, uh, youth, athleticism equals ceiling. Uh, like Ellie De La Cruz. Jose Altuve for a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ellie De La Cruz has a ridiculously high ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, he also has a ridiculously low floor and – like it would just be completely irresponsible to like, if I was just ranking guys based on their power and speed combinations, that wouldn't be useful. That wouldn't get you very far. And you shouldn't build your farm system like that in your dynasty league. Um, you can't just build your farm system based on power speed lottery tickets. Right. Like look at, look at Freddie Freeman. Um, 
look at uh, a lot, like look at Raphael Devers. Um, you know, these guys all have very high ceilings. Um, it's just everyone's different. Every player is different. Uh, outcomes. There's an incredibly wide range of outcome for every prospects, every prospect. And like, I think the rankings are very good and they're very useful because I've tried to factor in, like, I love ceiling and I tried to factor that in as best I can on the rankings. And if you ask me, you know, rank these four guys just based on ceiling, I'm probably just going to rank them in the order I have them ranked on the top 400, honestly, because like there's, everyone's got a very, very high ceiling if they hit their 99th percentile. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're nice about it. That was a nice rant. But, and as you say, you know, you're not you know, crapping on these people who ask these things. Um, but this is something you've put a lot of thought into and you've taken ceiling under careful consideration. Um, so, yeah, that's I could see how that could get under your skin a little bit. Those ceiling questions. Well, anything else on your mind today, James? Uh, no, uh, this, this is, this was fun. This was, uh, hopefully a nice little therapeutic break for everyone and, um, happy drafting out there to everyone who's got a slow draft going on. Um, please like, you know, I know these are tough times, uh, as baseball fans, but, you know, please keep supporting, uh, Rotowire, please keep supporting, you know, every site or service you use that you, you pay for, um, you know, it really, it means a lot to, to continue to get that support uh, from everyone during these times. I mean, we're going to keep pumping out content. Um, we're going to keep giving you podcasts and everything like that. And uh, not just us, you know, any site that you've been using, and as long as it's not related to MLB, um, please keep supporting it. Absolutely. I think that's really well put. And we appreciate all your support here at Rotowire. And um, yeah, to those out there who, you know, have struggled during this lockdown and maybe facing uncertainty, just, you know, know you're not alone in that regard as far as the ups and downs with the will they, won't they, and just try to keep your head up. Uh, we'll be here. And James, I look forward to talking with you on uh, Friday and Saturday on XM. Hope you can, some of you can join us there otherwise we'll catch you next week here on the rotowire prospect podcast brought to you by WinBet. for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.